seen space jam a new legacy i think is the title no i haven't but i really want to i'm super excited especially because the original space jam i was like four or five when it came out and so it was like a big deal in my little baby life you were the key demographic it was yeah so it was i'm really excited to see the new one there are people of a certain age who give a shit about that movie they give They have a lot of big shits about that movie. <laughs> I think maybe also Lola Bunny may have been a sexual awakening for many people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing nice to say, so I won't say anything at all except, uh, <laughs> hey, Lola. Wink. Um, I mentioned it because King Kong makes an appearance. Oh, really? In the new one? They throw all kinds of Warner stuff in there. So it is certainly a jam. But it is not a space jam. <laughs> Unless cyberspace counts as space, but no one says the word cyberspace at any point. But that is, in fact, where it takes place. Oh, really? By the time this episode comes out, it'll already have been out for several weeks. But uh, Yeah, and I will have seen it. It's on the HBO. You have access to it. Nice. Perfect. Well, I am super, super excited to watch it. I am the give a shit about that movie. <laughs> I also, I have a friend who's like a basketball person Mm -hmm. and is like, fuck that movie because blah, 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 whoever the sports ball guy playing the guy is, he's no Michael Jordan. He could never. And I'm like, well, no, not Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's the guy who died, but this guy is James, LeBron LeBron James. James. Sorry. Kobe Bryant is the rapist who died. He was a rapist? (laughs) Google it. Oh my, okay, Google I guess I'll that shit. Yeah, fuck Kobe Bryant. I, I'm not a basketball guy, but yes, LeBron King James is the guy that is in this movie. He is not a rapist as far as I am aware. Nor is oh, he dead. Right. Yeah, I know nothing about any sports ball or the people involved, really. You know, I don't, I just don't. It's not, it's not, it's not my thing. It is not important. It is not my thing either, though. Uh, anyway, Godzilla. Yes, I was so freaking excited. Yeah. Did yeah. You I did enjoy it. Um, there was things. There was a lot of things going on that, like, I feel like it was sometimes hard for me to follow. Like, sometimes I was like, wait, what? What is going on right now? And I'd have to rewind it. I had to rewind it a few times. Oh. And I don't know if that's because I was like just missing it or what but um but yeah i enjoyed it i was super excited i'm glad i finally saw it now every time someone is like what you haven't seen godzilla never gonna happen again so yeah just 
So just from a practical viewpoint, it was a little difficult taking notes and watching it with the subtitles at the same time. Yeah, totally. And maybe um, that's what I was like missing a few things. I'd have to rewind it and go back. Yeah. But I did a lot of pausing. Yeah, uh, same. So Godzilla, aka Gojira, Gojira, for black and white, ninety-six minutes, directed by Ishiro Honda. We will see that name over and over again as okay. we pursue these movies. And the music is by Akira, Akira Ifukubi. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but uh, he is also very well known for doing this music. Toho Studios is the studio. They rule in the kaiju area. Kaiju rulers. The budget is 100 million yen. Box office, 183 million yen. 9.6 million tickets sold. It was the eighth most viewed movie in Tokyo and Japan that year. Gojira is 164 feet tall or 50 meters. The death count in this movie, I found a thing just saying 123 confirmed. Hmm, okay. Because the total count, I think, was imagine a lot. <laughs> 20 ships go down. Yeah. So that has to just be the ones that we can, that we know for that sure. That we see. Must yeah. thousands. And then as I mentioned in our last episode in 1956, the Americanized version comes out. And that is what everybody outside of Japan, or most people outside of Japan, saw for 50 years. There apparently is a very bizarre Italian version that is a, it's based on the American version, but they've colorized it, but only are using two colors. Oh. I just stumbled upon this recently. I have not had a chance to look at it at all. Uh, but basically, the American version is what most people outside of Japan saw for 50 years. It is inspired largely by the beast from 20,000 Fathoms, but also by a real-life incident. Oh. So, of course, we have, I mean, the theme of the atomic bomb, the H-bomb, is prominent in this movie. It had only been nine years since Hiroshima and Nagasaki had bombs dropped on them. But it was just a few months before they began production of this movie that a Japanese ship, the Lucky Dragon Number no. 5, in Japanese, the Daigo Fukuyora, no, Fuku, Fukuri, Fukuru, I don't know, Daigo Fukuru Maru, <laughs> the Lucky Dragon Number no. 5, fishing boat, drifted into the waters near the Bikini Atoll. Where the, do they, I say drifted, I don't know if they drifted, but they were unaware <laughs> that the United States government was doing atomic bomb tests nearby and the ship was showered with radioactive fallout. Oh, shit. From the 15 megaton Castle Bravo hydrogen bomb test at nearby Bikini Atoll. The ship's catch of fish was contaminated which caused a panic in Japan about the safety of eating fish. And the crew got sick, and one of them actually died. Damn it. And according to Wikipedia, this event led to the emergence of a large and enduring anti-nuclear movement that gathered 30 million signatures on an anti-nuclear petition by August 1955 and eventually became institutionalized as the Japan Council Against Atomic and Hydrogen Bombs. Damn. So the opening scene of this film where Godzilla is attacking a fishing boat 
is directly inspired by that event. And everybody in Japan watching that movie would have been fully aware of that. Wow. So they're not only most of the people watching this film had a memory of the bombs being dropped, but the much Mm -hmm. more recent memory of this ship. So this movie is about something. Whoa. I feel like we've just been screwing around up until this point. Yeah. Because the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms is awakened by a nuclear explosion. Right. They don't really dwell on it much. Right, yeah. And the devastation that we see is just not nearly as great as it is in this movie. It's all much more personal. Mm-hmm. In in Beast, the people that we know are largely unscathed, except for poor George at the beginning. Yeah. But we really get to know the people in this movie more. Mm-hmm. See the direct impact. Uh, you know, the scenes in the in the hospital and the and the triage areas and stuff like that must have been quite impactful on the Japanese people who had lived through those atomic bomb. Yeah, gosh. Holy shit, man. Yeah. But when this movie came out, the Japanese critics were mixed on it. A lot of them seemed to think it was exploitive. They didn't appreciate them making a monster movie out of all that recent real life stuff. Yeah. But the US critics did like it when they finally got to see it. Well, yeah, I'm sure they did. They I guess, you know, the guilt of the US in, in having done that, uh, maybe we we're more willing to look at it head on and and take that in whereas to the Japanese it just seemed like uh, ex- exploiting. I don't know. I kind of see the the Japanese side with the like exploitive feeling a little bit like it's kind of like why would you make them like almost like maybe they're not trying to make light of it but it was an actual thing that actually happened and now you're like bringing this i guess i see both sides of it is what i'm saying but this uh this is the beginning of what would become the longest running movie franchise in the world with 32 toho films 29 live action ones three anime and four so far American films and three television series. Holy shit. By television series, I mean cartoon television series, but still. <laughs> still, three of them. Wow, that is a lot. Godzilla's got it going on. Yeah, yeah, he does. So the, the movie opens with the awesome theme song opening credit theme the godzilla title theme Mm -hmm. i just love it it's great (laughs) and during this opening we hear roars yes the metal screeching godzilla noises love and then we see uh, a ship where people are just on the deck playing harmonica and guitar and having a good time until they see this glow underwater and a flash of light and then we a, dis, a distress call is received. We we get we get a glimpse of the below decks. They're sending out a distress call, and then the wall comes crashing in. And then we see them receiving the distress call. Yeah, what an opening! Like yeah. they did not waste any time. Uh, now we, it's quite a while before we actually get a look at the monster, but he's tearing stuff up right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Then we get uh, we meet one of our main characters one of our leads uh hideto ogata who works for the south sea salvage mm-hmm. and and we meet uh emiko yeah what, what did i write here sent to concert sent to what concert oh oh 
uh, Ogata and Amiko were supposed to go to a concert, and he gets called. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, he gets called to work. <laughs> In our last episode, we were discussing the interrupted ballet. <laughs> they don't even make it to the concert in this one before they get interrupted so he just gives her the tickets and tells her to go on her own and then we see a control room and another ship is being attacked the bingo maru is nearby where the first ship was attacked and maybe they'll find something and then that ship catches on fire yes oh gosh it's just so um, intense right out of the gate because then right after the second ship goes down, you think that there are survivors. Like, uh-huh. oh, there are survivors. And then I think they even get a hold of somebody, right? Oh, yeah, they send the, they send the message in that, they, that there were survivors. We see concerned families and mm-hmm. they found three survivors – Three survivors are found by a fishing boat. I think that's right. the second ship. Yes. The families are all waiting to hear the names of the survivors. And before the re- they can hear them, the report comes in that that boat has met the same fate in the same location. Uh, yes. I guess is, okay, I think that, I'm not sure if that is also the Bingo Maru and where we saw it catch on fire, but they're just now hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Or if that is a third ship. I'm not clear on that. But uh, we see some newspapers speculating. And then there are people on the beach who seem to be keeping watch. It seems like they're there looking for survivors and a raft comes in. Mm-hmm. And it does look like the older man is smoking a joint. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it did look like he was spliffing it up. He may have just been hand rolling cigarettes. That was much more common back then. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, it looked like a joint to me. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying. We see what we want to see, and we <laughs> uh, Some people view the world through a particular <laughs> lens. <laughs> this raft comes in with Masaji on it. Masaji. Masaji Yamada and his brother Shinkichi Yamada comes running up yelling for his brother. And this kid hangs around in the background for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it at first. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's the same, that's the same kid. Uh, it's weird because he doesn't really do anything. He's just there. there. It's kind of a through line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Masaji survives. And then we see fishing boats are coming in with nothing. They can't catch anything. And the same old man says, it must be Gojira. Mm-hmm. And people scoff at him. And he says, the best line in movie history. <laughs> I'll feed you stupid cows to Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, if you dishonor our old traditions, I will feed you stupid cows to the beast. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that in this cut they keep tra- they keep translated as Go- Godzilla in the subtitles, but everybody's saying Gojira. Yeah, in the audio, I, I would have been fine if they just called him Gojira in the subtitles. Also, the man does say when he says that he was going to feed them to Godzilla, he does say that they in the old this. I guess this is the next scene, maybe when they're at the ritual. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. he says that this is all that's left, but they used to sacrifice a young girl when there was no fish. They would sacrifice the young girl and then yeah. to, yes. Oh, a helicopter shows up with a reporter, and I think it's the same reporter we see throughout the movie. But then we cut to 
the outdoor theater where these two guys are rudely talking about Gojira while, while they're putting on the show. But then we find out as they're talking that this is not a show as much as it is a, a ritual. A so ritual, they're talk- yeah. They're talking in church, which is not any better. <laughs> but yeah, he, he talks about uh, in the old days, once it had eaten all the fish, it would come ashore and eat the people. Mm-hmm. They would sacrifice young girls. But this dance is all that's left of those old rituals. Uh, and then uh, maybe it's the same night. This is not clear, but there's a big storm. And Shinkichi runs outside into the storm for some strange reason, but mm-hmm. lucky for him because then the house collapses and Masaji and his mother are killed. And we, I guess we just assume the house collapsed because Godzilla stepped on it. Yeah. But we don't actually see it. But this is, you know, we thought Masaji had survived, but the, the death follows him onto shore and comes and gets him anyway. Yeah. Ugh. Also, the set, while this is all happening, the storm and, um, you know, Godzilla tearing shit apart, it's just a bunch of toys. (laughs) And I love that. It was amazing. Like, I had to, like, rewind and be like, wait a second. These are toys, right? They are, right? Yeah. So instead of the stop animation... Toho studio I don't know exactly who I'm sure I could find it out somebody has the idea that we'll just put a guy in a suit and build models and have him tear those up instead of this tedious process of the stop motion I guess it must have been the thing is it's a lot of work either way right you got to build all these all these sets I guess it's still cheaper though because with the stop motion you're still got to build a whole tiny little city or village or whatever Mm-hmm. And then go through the tedious process of animating that. Right. With this method, you just build the set and then have the guy in the suit come knock it all down. And they slow down the footage so that it, everything looks sort of heavier as it's falling. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I was like, ooh, this animation is amazing. Love. Yeah. But yeah, the house gets wrecked. And then we go to Odo Island Disaster Petition Group, who's having a meeting, the first of many meetings in this movie. <laughs> Lots of conference rooms and things that converted courtrooms or something. Lots of meetings in this movie. They're having a meeting about the hearing. Uh, nine people, 17 buildings, 12 cows, and eight pigs died on Odo Island from this attack. And is this where they talk about whether they should tell anybody? Or is that the later? Um, it's, a, it's a little bit later. So we have this meeting. They're like, we need a team of investigators um, and they're looking at like the the radioactive footprints. They find the the trillo trillobite. Yeah, yeah, which has been it's the the three lobed marine something that has been extinct for like two million years. Yeah. Well, no. First, we have a first we have a quick little meeting with pro, the professor uh, Yamada. Mm-hmm. Not Yamada. Uh, Yamane. No, no confusion there quick little meeting where he talks about yetis and stuff yeah that we need to do more research and then we get a quick bon voyage as they go off to do research and hideto and amiko talk and they mention how shirazawa never leaves his lab Mm -hmm. so here's the thing emiko is engaged to the scientist ogata Uh, no no 
Oh no, the one that she he, thinks of as her brother, Sarasawa. Sarasawa. That's what it is. He's engaged to Sarasawa, but she's already at the beginning of the movie going on dates with Ogata. Uh, Sarasawa lost an eye in the war, and he mm-hmm. never leaves his lab, which is, I guess, is why he's losing his girl to this other guy. I meant to mention this at the beginning. I I think the the real takeaway from this movie is if you're stepping out on your fiance if you just <laughs> if you just wait long enough he will sacrifice himself for the good of humanity and you won't ever have to tell him and have an awkward conversation with him. and he will wish you and your new love happiness <laughs> yes yes but we'll get to that but uh yeah she's terrible so uh, the research team and reporters and show up at the village and mm-hmm. we, they're taking radioactive readings. It's not fallout because it's localized. If it were fallout, it would open, but it's just here in the footprints. And yeah, you, as you mentioned, the doctor finds a trilobite. I think it's alive. Um, it's, you, I, I, I'm not sure if it's alive. I know that because when he shows it, they all that really matters is the sand that they collect off of it. So yeah. I'm not sure that it's alive or if it's dead when they actually find it. But I think part of the point is that this is a prehistoric. Right. And they're not, you know, you can find fossilized ones of these. They're not all that rare. But yeah, I think the idea is that the creature has dragged this up with it, come from the same part of the ocean. He's dragged it up with it and left it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a warning bell. Godzilla's on the other side of the the uh, hill. uh, Yeah. The other side of uh, Hachiman Hill and the Professor Tanabe. And his daughter, creature from the Jurassic era. I don't know. I've written some notes here that make no sense. But <laughs> at 22 minutes and eight seconds in, we get our first glimpse of Gojira. Yay! He's so lumpy. <laughs> he is. This version is a little is a little lumpy. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's all right. We're all a little lumpy. <laughs> and uh, Emiko gets saved. I don't remember. He must have been briefly in danger. Hmm. I just wrote down Emiko saved. I don't remember that. I wrote down, ha ha ha, his little chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs> because when, he, when they see his footprints, they like do this like pan out and it just looks like little tiny chicken feet. Uh, oh, I also wrote down right here, 165 feet tall. Suck it, Kong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, not quite, not quite as long as uh, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. True. Yeah, in all of these all of these the two movies where the villa go up against each other they have to inflate kong's size quite a bit for him to keep up yeah which is cheating which is cheating it's cheating and then we get a slideshow is another meeting a slideshow with the jurassic and cretaceous stuff following odo island traditions we will oh so he they officially say okay following the traditions of odo island we will call this creature gojira yes but it really seems unclear if this tradition is actually connected to Gojira or if it's just some nonsense that they've attached to it. You know, mm. has he been attacking this village occasionally on and off throughout the centuries? And right. No well, one else knew about it until now. Well, but the but the one guy was saying um, the prof- I think he's the professor was saying, you know, that. I guess it's before you even see Godzilla in the movie, but he's saying like, it has to be Godzilla 
um, because all of the fish are gone. And like, it, it seems to me like it's like an old, like folklore or something like it has, there has to be some truth in it because that he's been like, you know, coming back because they have the whole conversation about sacrificing the young girl and such. Uh, but the, the doctor professor speculates that the H bomb destroyed its habitat. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And isn't that why it like pushed it out? Cause it destroyed yeah. its habitat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's been there all. I don't know. It's in other interpretations or, or retcons or whatever the years. Mm-hmm. I think the idea was that he was asleep or frozen or whatever. And the H bomb woke him up. Right. It, it sounded like, well, this thing's been around all the time, but now it, but it was in its contained in its habitat and the H bomb destroyed it. Yeah. Really, though, in the film itself, it's all kind of a mystery. Nobody knows for sure. Right. Yeah. And then but, I have this is where the the argument is where, like, do we make this public or not? Yeah. And this seems like a person. I don't know how does he keep it secret. Oyama wants to keep it secret for diplomatic reasons. Mm-hmm. It seems odd. And politicians, man, some ladies in the audience. And it's unclear if they have any official position or if they're just members of the public but all all the ladies are like no the truth is the truth and we got to get the truth out i don't know how with all the number of people in this meeting let's hear it for the ladies they're boy they are not putting up with any crap those ladies yeah they're not even one guy's like apologize and she's like fuck you <laughs> just kidding she doesn't say that <laughs> No, but that's what she means. Yeah, but it is what she means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the newspapers tell us that uh, the, there's a disaster response center established. Seventeen ships, atomic tuna. Yes, yes, the atomic tuna. Why did I write down barely escaped Nagasaki? Oh, some some woman. Yeah, some woman on the uh, on the street or something says, uh, "I barely escaped Nagasaki, and now this." Oh yeah, they're on the train. Yeah, yes. yeah, and um, right there in the movie, they bring up Nagasaki. That mm-hmm. people in the audience and people in the film survived Nagasaki, and now they got to put up with this crap. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some guy reading out quadrants, coordinates. Some guys reading out coordinates for depth charges to attack Godzilla. And then there's a warning for the ships: stay away. We're going to drop some depth depth charges. And we see on the television that t- at this point, 20 ships have been attacked and the frigate squadron is going out to attack Godzilla, which the news describes as the monster of the century, which implies other monsters. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe in this world, uh, King Kong and the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms exist. And they're aware that there's been other monsters, but this monster pops off of them. Yeah. And and at this point I think the family is is listening to the news. Yeah. And we see uh Shinkichi is now living with the professor and and his daughter? Question mark. <laughs> and even though even though she's engaged to somebody else, this dude is hanging around the house all the time and the father doesn't seem to have put two and two together cuz later they have discussions about telling father Mm-hmm. about the relationship and Ask, i don't know why yeah. i think this shipping captain has been hanging around his house with his daughter and his newly adopted son 
but the prof- <laughs> but when, while everybody's talking about killing Gojira, the professor doesn't want him killed because science. Science. So he goes to sit alone in the dark and mopes. Leave me alone. <laughs> Turn the let, light off. Let me cry about my science. Uh, honeybee, I think we should take a little break right now. Yeah, let's take a break. From our sponsor. And we're back. The next thing we see is a party boat where people are dancing. <laughs> Which was like, wait, don't you people know what's going on? Couple what of, are you doing out here in this party boat? A couple of ladies dancing together which is fun. Yeah, this party boat, this made me think of real life stuff from my life that uh, right after 9-11, you know, they shut down all the air travel. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how long it was shut down, but it, it was quite a while. Some, right. some, some weeks before there was any air travel. But nobody has shut down the shipping lanes or the party <laughs> boats. 17, 20 boats at this point? Yeah. 20 at this point. 20 20 ships at this point, but this party boat is out there just taking a little cruise around the island or the channel or wherever they are. That's just bad planning. Yeah, come on, people. Having trouble. What the fuck are we doing here? So uh, Gojira shows up and ruins the party. Surprise. And then we get another meeting (laughs) where somebody says, we'll soon have to close international shipping lanes. And I wrote, soon? Exclamation point? Question (laughs) Too late. And then they discuss how do we kill it. And is this the point where the professor is like, well, it survived the H-bomb, so you're not going to be able to kill it. Yeah. A reporter, Hagawara, comes to see Emiko because he wants to talk to Shirazawa and and he doesn't want to talk, so maybe she can introduce him. Mm -hmm. He gets sent to go interview him. And then in a minute, he as uh, Emiko and Ogata are talking about Shirazawa, and how he lost his eye in the war, and how I love him like a brother, but I still only love him like a brother. Then Higawara comes in and asks for the introduction, and they're like, yeah, we, we'll do that, and while we're there, we can explain about how we've been running around on him behind his back. <laughs> or you can explain. You can explain. And then he, sa- and he says, uh, and i got to go talk to the professor about Shinkichi's schooling. Uh-huh. That's when I was like, wait a minute. What? So I went back and I looked and I'm like, oh, that kid's living with them now. And But why is his schooling Ogata's concern if he's not... <laughs> yeah. Who are you, weirdo? Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. Cause it's not clear to me how the professor knows the kid other than he went to the island and why he's taking it. A lot of stuff happens off camera. Yeah. Uh, we're Yeah, we get a lot of these people's lives while they're waiting to get killed by Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good. That's that that's good. It's just a little confusing sometimes. Yeah. So uh, we see that the guy tries to interview Shirazawa, and he denies that his research is anything useful, and he won't say what it is. But as soon as the reporter leaves, Amiko's like, what are you working on? And... He says, I'm I'm risking for my life for this project. Do you want to see it? He's like, can you keep a secret? And she's yeah. like, oh, can I? <laughs> yeah, I've been keeping a secret from you <laughs> for months. <laughs> uh, 
What do we think of her, by the way? As an actor, I like I. It was very, you know, over dramatic, very melodramatic. I loved it. You know, when she like <laughs> cries and like does the scream, and it's like that. Ah, I love that. Um, but as a as a character, she was giving me like Jenny from Forrest Gump vibes. Like, uh, I understand, like, you're supposed to be, like, the good guy and, like, you're, the like, the woman of the show, but you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she kind of does. She kind of does, Um, but she, I, I did like her, like, I like her character and I like her, but yeah, I was just like, girl, jeez Louise, what's <laughs> happening here? Hoenn, Hoenn. Shirazawa takes her into his lab to show her something. There's some fish in some very cloudy water. And he takes a little pellet and drops it in the water. And then we don't see what happens, but we see Amiko scream in reaction. Yes, this is the part I mean. Acting! Yeah. And then back home, she's acting weird. And uh, Gojira is approaching. So question. When he's approaching, you hear this like, boom, boom. Boom. Yeah. This is his footsteps, right? Yes. Or is it a... Okay. Because it, it's even in the water. That's what confused me. I'm like, oh, is it like a drum? Or is it his, supposed to be his footsteps? Is it just like a music thing? I couldn't figure it out. I think it's meant to be his footsteps. We shouldn't be able okay. to... He's in the water. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you hear even when he's like in the water and it's like... It's that like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And then he's like coming up out of the water. Well, it might be a little bit of both. It might be sometimes it's a sound that the characters can hear of him approaching and other times mm-hmm. a musical cue that just reminds us so of that, him. you know, yeah, but he, he's approaching and everybody starts to go do stuff. And, and then Miko's like, Oh, hold on. Uh, I didn't get a chance to tell uh, Shirazawa about us. She just wants to make sure Ogata knows that before he goes running off. And uh, people are standing around. Some people are evacuating, but others are standing around watching. And we get sort of a high-pitched version of the theme song. And the professor warns the military, don't shine the spotlights on him. It'll make him angry. Mm-hmm. And we get some uh, army shooting uh, impotently at Gojira and people evacuating. Professor goes up the hill to get a good look, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, don't cut, you can't come in here. And he's like, oh, let's just go around these guys and go up the hill. Yeah. And Gojira comes ashore. Yeah, just, yeah. He, they heard his, what seemed to be his footsteps, but he was still in the water. And that might just be a continuity error as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, a train go, comes by and Gojira <laughs> eats it. <laughs> oh, I it. love this. I love this scene. <laughs> the toy train in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I wonder if this is on purpose. Uh, reference to king kong because we see him do pretty similar train destruction or if it's just that if you're tearing stuff up that's a natural thing to tear up <laughs> you can make it all seem more real if we see a moving train that he can grab yeah totally also um at this point in the movie i realized that there are a lot of tail shots they were very proud of uh, Gojira's tail because um, he got that ass <laughs> he got a donk is he uh, thick he, yeah he is a thick he's a thick boy so but he trashes the bridge and then leaves apparently he just came ashore to do a little bridge breaking and train eating and then left <laughs> a little train eating just a little snack <laughs> yeah. 
And the newspaper once again tells us some information that uh, research teams arrive from around the world. And we have another meeting where they're going to decide to raise a barbed wire fence 100 feet high and 165 feet deep and run 50,000 volts through it. Yelza. Evacuate a bunch of people. We hear the awesome theme song again as the military vehicles start rolling in and a control room making radio announcements and then Emiko serves drinks to Ogata and what did I put? Dad's concert? I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, but right here um, when she serves him the drinks, it's at 52 minutes. There's an editing mistake. Did you catch it? I did. I did. I wrote weird cut. I wrote weird cut. Yeah. Yeah, it was super weird. There's a little sort of little stutter repeat of her getting up, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stands up and then stands up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I wrote dad's concert. Dad, I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if that's um, something from the original film or some sort of restoration mm-hmm. artifact, like the only cut they could get a hold of. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure the commentary track will have something to say about it. <laughs> uh, the professor's upset because science? They just want to kill him, but why don't they research it? And here somebody comes right out and states the theme of the film, kind of. Uh, Godzilla is no different than the H-bomb still hanging over Japan's head. Oh. Oof. Let that sink in. We should study how it survived. Get out? Yeah, he tells um, oh. Ogata to get out. Right. So he, because he just wants to kill him, too. He's having a disagreement with Ogata. Mm-hmm. about whether they should kill it so um now i do think he has a valid point here though that not ogata studying how godzilla survived the h-bomb could be useful for humans mm-hmm. to survive the h-bomb or any other you know atomic sort of disaster or mistake or whatever if we knew how he survived that could be useful to us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, yeah he gets mad that you just want to kill him like everybody else get out of my house what are you even doing here you're not engaged to my daughter <laughs> yeah quit you know, effing my daughter and same. get out but we do get we get a lot of human drama in the middle of this cataclysm that's happening escandalo <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Godzilla comes ashore again yep walks through a, the barbed wire fence not bothered by it or by the guns and shells and now we see him use his atomic breath. Yes, this is the first time that the smoke fog light comes out of his face. Yeah, melts towers, and we also in the in the next shot we see his his uh, dorsal plates glow. Yes. He... Now uh, I read that the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms at one point they had considered giving him a breath weapon, decided not to, but had already made a movie poster in which he's shown breathing fire or atomic breath or something. And the Godzilla people saw that, that that's where they got the idea. For mm. But really he is kind of a dragon. So yeah. Breathe fire is not unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not that original idea really, when you think about it. Right. But yeah, it's the first time we finally get to see that happen. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I cheered. I cheered like, woo, yeah, it's happening. And I don't know if I realized that even back then his fins glowed when he oh, did Oh, really? Yeah, because they still do that now. Yeah. That was uh, cool. 
Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. There was also right here in this moment, there was, like, a really sad thing where, like, he's, like, bah, and, like, blowing the his atomic breath. And there's this family on top of a building. There's this woman, and yeah. she's holding her kids, and she's, like, we're going to join Daddy soon. We're going to be with yeah. Daddy. I was, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I he's burning up everything. Uh, the tanks are no good. HQ is sending out telling the dispatch cars to focus on fires and casualties and he's still burning stuff up does a tail slap and then we we see this mom and kids we're going to join daddy we'll be where daddy is soon oh gosh then I'm not sure there is there is a woman and some kids later and I'm not sure if that's them or not I think maybe it's meant to be I hope so I didn't go back it well but it's not good (laughs) Yeah. we'll get to that in a second though so godzilla gets mad at the clock yes he's like what'd you call me <laughs> he tears it down and there's an interesting bit here with a news guy that reminded me of he's reporting live on the scene and it reminded me of the reporter witnessing the hindenburg disaster mm. sure everybody's seen that where the, he's ta- describing it live as as the yeah burning up similar thing this guy is there on the scene describing the city as a seam of sea of flames assuring the viewers that this is real and will the world be destroyed by a two million year old monster mm-hmm. and then some announcement comes over telling some people i think government people to get in the underground shelter why are they not already in the underground shelter <laughs> What were they waiting for? More destruction. And I wrote down, are the are some of these buildings recognizable buildings? Are these buildings that uh, some a Japanese person would recognize from Tokyo? I don't know, but I'm guessing, you know, same way like. Yeah, surely. New York movie, they'd be showing us Empire State Building and stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably recognizable buildings. And then Godzilla starts heading towards the TV tower where the reporters are. And he says, there's no time. Will we survive? The answer is no, they will not. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. And Godzilla tears up that tower. Burns yeah, he does. And we see uh, Shirazawa watching the news and... What is this? Something watches as Godzilla. God, watches Godzilla wreck a bridge, but I don't know what this first word I've written is. <laughs> they, and they call in an airstrike and yes, miss. And but we do like, get to see some arm action from Godzilla yeah. at this point, swatting at the planes, which was and cool. It, it looked like they were just shooting Roman candles at the guy in the suit. <laughs> Missing him. Not a single one of these missiles appears to hit Gojira. And then he retreats, and we get a look at these scenes of destruction, tending to the wounded, checking a kid with a Geiger counter for radiation. Everything is destroyed. Research team is being formed, and for some reason they call Ogata, who is just a salvage ship captain, gets called to the briefing room. For this military briefing about how to deal with the monster. I don't know why they give a crap about Ogata's input, but he is. And here's where we see a child. There's some kids and there's a woman laying on a stretcher. Okay. And the kids, they come and take the woman. Oh, yeah. And the kids start crying. It's crying. And it looks to me like the woman is dead. Yeah. But then she says, like, your mommy will be back. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a lie. That woman was clearly dead. Mm. I'm not clear if she was meant to be dead 
and she's just trying to tell the kid a comforting lie or not. But I wasn't, I thought maybe this was the same family from earlier. Yeesh. And that the mother didn't make it, but the kids did. Oh, good Lord. But yeah. So maybe this was like them trying to just like hit your heart strings for, with the whole actual bombing stuff. Like this was the, the things they were trying to like bring up. Yeah. But then uh, Amiko tells Ogata about Shirazawa's secret. And we get a flashback to the demonstration of what she saw. When he puts the pellet in the fish tank, it starts bubbling and the fish are stripped to the bone. To the bone. And he explains to her, I destroyed all the oxygen in the water. All the organisms in the tank suffocated. Their remains were then liquefied by my oxygen destroyer, which he says in English. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, it seems to me there must be Japanese words for oxygen and destroyer. I just found it, I just found that interesting. Hmm. I, I've watched, you know, in my life, I've watched a number of Chinese movies and a number of Indian movies. And I always find it interesting because those were both places that were uh, Hong Kong movies, specifically places that were colonized by the English. And there's certain English phrases that have become part of their language. Mm-hmm. Just like in English, there's certain foreign words that have become part of our language, but there seem to be certain concepts that their own language can't deal with as well as English can. So I guess in the case of Oxygen Destroyer, English can deal with that idea better than Japanese can. I don't know why. Hmm. I found that interesting. But it splits oxygen atoms into fluid, which sounds like nonsense science to me. It's struck me as sketchy. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that's what happens when you split oxygen atoms. I think if you split any atom, you get an explosion. Depends on what he means by split. Hmm. Uh, but he's stu- in studying every angle of the oxygen destroyer, he accidentally discovered an unexpected form of energy. Was what I was just saying about splitting atoms. <laughs> and, but it filled him with horror and he couldn't eat for days. So why? Why is he doing this? Why? Because he's very concerned that this technology not be used as a weapon but it seems like the only possible use for it yeah like what else like please tell me what other use there is for an oxygen destroyer but i i think what it was that he was he was studying just oxygen in in general and stumbled on this process and thought well maybe i can find some productive use for it Mm -hmm. so until i do i won't tell anyone about it Except for my whore fiance. (laughs) (laughs) I am in no way slut shaming, by the way. You're not slut shaming? Yeah. I'm about it. Just saying. (laughs) It's it's the deceit is the issue. Right. She's she's not being honest with the people in her life. Mm -hmm. But he's determined to find uh, some beneficial use for it. Anyway, he knows he's he's created something dangerous here and he's hoping to find a good use. So we go back to, so she's been telling Ogata all of this, telling the secrets she said she would keep. And Ogata says, I'm sure he'll forgive you. But what about forgiving her for all the cheating she's been doing? Nah. <laughs> okay. There's a huge monster on the loose. Yeah, turns he has out, bigger things to worry about. Turns out he will forgive her for that, but still. 
so Ogata and her go to him and ask him to use the oxygen destroyer, and he says no. And when they have a little bit of a fight, and he uses the term weapon of mass destruction, which I thought was interesting. I didn't realize that term was so old. Uh, and then we on the TV, there is a show happening in which a bunch of schoolgirls are singing a prayer for peace, mm-hmm. which was quite lovely. It was. Though it does seem like the kind of thing you would sing in a war situation because mm-hmm. Godzilla doesn't give a shit about your prayer for peace. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I guess they're praying to God to bring yeah. Godzilla. Uh, yeah. Oh, peace. Oh, light hasten back to us. And this, this is, I looked it up because I thought, is this a traditional song or is this an original song? It is an original song uh, written by uh, Ifakumi whatever his name is, written by the composer of the film. And this song seems to move Shiragawa's heart because he agrees to do it, but he's going to burn his notes so nobody else can use it. And I think even at this point implies that to make sure nobody knows about it, he's going to have to be silenced. (laughs) Yeah, see, I thought this too. I was like, he's implying that he's going to like, sacrifice himself right because he doesn't want any he doesn't want this information getting out to anybody else yeah he implies that even if i don't want to give it out they might be able to torture it out of me right yeah and i was like oh shit is he gonna sacrifice himself and uh bam yeah sure enough so the the we cut to the ship where they're trying to locate godzilla by just leaning over the side of the ship (laughs) (laughs) waving it around but it seems to work. Uh, Shiraga wants a diving suit, and Ogata insists on going with him because you have no experience with diving suits. Are the reporters there? I think uh, what's his name is there too. Everybody's there. Yeah. Um, Shinkichi. Shinkichi Yamada, I believe. Yeah. I think he is on the boat. The professor's on the boat. Omiko's on the boat. The reporter's there. I noticed that. So when they go down, Godzilla seems to be taking a nap. Yeah, I put that too. I said, Godzilla straight chilling, snoozing, <laughs> question mark. Yeah. I they had kind of ratty looking diving suits. I don't know what's going on there. And then and then for some reason, uh, Ogata starts going up and then mm-hmm. starts calling out to Shirazawa. Maybe he thought Shirazawa was going to come up with him and he realizes he's not. And, yeah, because uh, when he was like, when they're having the diving conversation, he's like, "You're, I'm going to go with you. I was like, wait, how's he going to kill himself if you're there? Yeah, uh, but he does not come back up. Uh, he stays down there. He activates the oxygen destroyer, and by that time, Ogata's back up and he's calling down on the radio. And Shirazawa says it's working. I hope you two will be happy. Farewell. So he's not a dumb dumb. He knows that they've been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what's been going on, and pulls out a knife, cuts the hose and the rope. And we see a lot of agitation in the water, a lot of bubbling. Godzilla surfaces briefly and roars and sinks back down and then dissolves into bone. No. Then then it looks like he dissolves into nothing. Yeah. Uh, Though in this little bit of a spoiler, in future (laughs) movies, these bones will be important. Oh. But countless sea creatures must have also died. In this. Yeah, everybody, every motherfucking one, because 
that was the thing, right? Is that this is going to destroy everything, all of the oxygen and all of the water. Well, I get, and I guess it must. So I hadn't thought about this because he's probably only used it in a tank before. Right. So once it's destroyed all the water in the tank, it can't go any further. But how do you know, how do you know how much oxygen a dose can destroy? Right. How is it destroying it? So there is a story that when they were testing the atomic bomb for the first time, they were not entirely sure that they wouldn't cause a chain reaction that would set the atmosphere on fire. Oh, sweet Lord. Like the entire planet. They thought they might be a chain reaction that would set the atmosphere of the entire planet on fire. But they went ahead and did the test that went. <laughs> Only one way to find out. Yep. The math's a little unclear, so we're going to need a practical uh, <laughs> I just want to um, remind or like bring up this quote from the the 20,000 Fathoms movie, the last episode. Um, the world's been here for millions of years, but men has been walking around for a short comparative time and mentally we're still crawling. <laughs> <laughs> so I was concerned that how do we know that the oxygen destroyer will stop after a certain radius mm-hmm. or keep going? What if it destroys all the oxygen in the oceans of the world? Yeah. But it doesn't. And Shirazawa seems to think it doesn't seem to have any concern that it's going to. But, uh, you know, it just seemed kind of reckless. But definitely the creatures in the immediate area were were killed. We should have seen Dead. floating to the top. And then in this movie, we don't get an immediate end. We get a little bit of a wrap up. Yes, we do. And a little bit of maybe some foreshadowing, question mark. But the reporter and the boy cry? Did the reporter and the boy cry? (laughs) Over Shirazawa, not over Godzilla. Yeah. And one of them, either Ogata or Emiko, says he wished us happiness together. Yeah, Ogata says it. And I wrote in all capitals, the guilt! With three exclamation points. Oh, the guilt. And yes, then we get the foreshadowing. The the uh, the end or is it? The end or is it? He says a, uh, another Godzilla may appear. Can't believe Godzilla is the last of his kind. If nuclear testing continues, another may appear. Woo! And, and it will. And it will. Just a few years. Yay! In 1955. In one year. Oh, shit. <laughs> one year... Godzilla will raid again. But before he does, we will be taking a look at the movie Them! Exclamation point. Them! Exclamation point. That's our next movie? That is our next movie. Also 1954. It is a United States movie about radioactive ants. Giant, giant radioactive ants. It, Ooh, is another, it is another one where the problem is caused by nuclear radiation. Uh, and the first of many giant insect movies. Oh, yeah. I love giant insect movies. <laughs> giant and or giant arachnids. So we've had we've had apes and dinosaurs, and then we've had atomic dinosaurs. <laughs> now, we're next time we will be getting into the realm of atomic giant insects. So Woo! if you have any thoughts or feelings or hate mail about any of this, yeah. So messages to Monster Movie Funtime Go at gmail.com or send us a voicemail on anchor.fm slash mmftg. 
Also look for us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I will probably post links to those things in the show notes at some point. Awesome. Uh, Awesome. In the future, I haven't done this yet. In the future, we might do a Patreon. And if we do that, we'll have to put out some bonus content. Uh And in that bonus content, we might just do other kinds of monster movies. or Or other related movies. First bonus content I want to do is The Most Dangerous Game. Okay. Because it ties in with our first episode of King Kong. Cool. So uh, those are things, those are plans for the future. Thank you for joining us here. Please uh, do all the things, the liking and the subscribing and the uh, reviewing and the sharing with your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends to tell their friends. Exactly. And tell your friends to tell my friends. We could be friends. <laughs> and we won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Don't I know?